You're listening to the Markeith Braden Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping emerging entrepreneurs create a profitable life and business they love. And now your host, professional keynote speaker, digital marketing strategist, and master lifestyle coach, Markeith Braden. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Marquee Break Podcast. I'm here at Millette Investment Services, and I'm here with the founder and CEO of the investment group, Lee Millette. Lee, how are you doing today? I'm great, thanks. Good, good to see you. Good. I appreciate you being a part of the podcast today. This is your second time. Second time. Around. Mm-hmm. You know, and Lee just informed me that this is actually Small Business Week, and so we're going to talk a little bit about small business. We're going to talk about how Lee grew his company and some things that he's doing. And then also just to get some insight on how you can begin to establish yourself as an entrepreneur, small business, because we know this podcast is for emerging entrepreneurs, those who have an interest in starting a business, but not really sure what to do. And so I always want to bring to you guests who have been successful in starting their own business, successful in growing and scaling their business. And so none other than Lee Millette is going to kind of talk to us about what he has done and, and how he is progressing and growing and scaling here in Nashville, Tennessee. So Lee, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, Marquita, I am a native of Detroit, Michigan. Uh, so I grew up, in, grew up in Detroit, but I haven't lived there since I left high school for college. So I graduated high school. Moved to North Carolina, right. uh, first started off at North Carolina A&T, graduated from North Carolina Central. Just working my way through school, so you, you got ha- kind of have to move where the jobs are. Right, right. Uh, but, and then also I was able to get in-state tuition at Central, so mm-hmm. that helped out a lot. Graduated from uh, North Carolina Central in 1991. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's been a minute. <laughs> oh, still in high school. <laughs> Uh, and then I moved to Nashville. I, I started off in Nashville with a, uh, an old company here, a Southwestern Company, mm-hmm. and I um, sold books with the, for, with that company when I was in college. So mm-hmm. that was one of the ways I helped pay my pay my way through school. So I mm-hmm. I sold door to door. So somebody's parents might have slammed the door on me back right. in either Gary, Indiana, or Savannah, or just any of the other cities I worked in. Mm-hmm. But then when I graduated, I became a sales manager, uh, stayed there for two years, and then I left in really start following my passion. So the great thing about Southwestern, I really learned how to sell. Uh, and mm. I think that's the, that's something we all need to know how to do mm. is to sell. Because we're always selling ourselves, whether right. it's at work, if you're trying to holler at a girl, you know, whatever it is, right. or, or, or is a girl trying to holler at a guy, whatever. You're always trying to sell yourself. Mm. Uh, and so I learned that uh, at Southwestern Company. I also learned just a, a work ethic and uh, Southwestern, that, pro- that, that process is a straight commission mm-hmm. scenario. So it's not uh, even in college, so it wasn't a guaranteed paycheck at the end of the week. You learn quickly and early that if you want to eat, you gotta go kill something. That's right. And so that's, right. that's what uh, that's what we did. And so I got a really good foundation there. But then I uh, it's time it was time to make a change. I traveled a lot with the company, and my life was settling in. So I, I needed to do something different, and I really got into something I was passionate about, and that was financial services. Started off with Edward Edward Jones, and I actually opened their first Metro office in okay. Nashville, okay. the first Metro Nashville office. It's over on Clarksville Highway. Uh, and, you know, at the, I know when they looked at the demographics, it was like, eh, why would she open an office there? Well, I understood that um, it really doesn't matter where your office is. It's where you, where you are and how you network and how you build a business right. and, and, and how, how you sell. 
But the other, the, what was important to me was to have a major company like Edward Jones in a predominantly African-American community. Uh, and, um, for, and then also for me, part of my mission was to help get this kind of uh, underserved uh, demographic of people into the financial services world. Mm -hmm. And so that they can understand how they can go to sleep. And because they own stock in AT&T, they're still making money. Right, uh, and that and so that was my primary goal to really try to get people to understand how to, how to build wealth, how to save, why it was important, and uh, and then start leaving legacies and start building what, generational wealth for their mm -hmm. families. Mm -hmm. So what I hear you saying is is that you really took the approach of getting some level of experience in a, someone else's company. Yes, before you actually launched out to do your own. How important is it? To maybe take that route and learning from someone who's already doing that and what you want to do before you kind of step out and do your own thing. I think it's very important. So I have, the, I have this philosophy. I think we're all going to pay tuition. <laughs> now, sometimes you get a scholarship. Sometimes you're going to come out of pocket. Right, right. And I think that working with a company that is doing what you want to do is getting the scholarship. Mm -hmm. You have an opportunity to make money while you're learning. Mm -hmm. You get to learn the intricacies of what, what, what the industry is about. You get to ask questions. Um, you get to see some things that you wouldn't normally see. You get to understand and learn processes right. versus just going out on your own. I mean, and, and there are people that go out on their own. They're, you know, kind of the pioneers. But the mistakes that they make, well, that's paying intuition. I mean, that's like really coming out of pocket. You're losing money. You're losing time. Some people are filing bankruptcy, whatever. You borrowed money. Uh, you've got investors' money. And you're putting all that at risk uh, because you don't. So you simply don't have the knowledge right. of what it takes to run that business. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, yeah. So for me, I, I started with Jones. I got licensed in '94, and I worked through most of '95. So I left in October of '95, and uh, went independent and started my own firm. Uh, and then, and so since 1995, October 1995, I've been independent. Um, and with the same, I use a broker dealer, which is a company that helps me process my back office, mm -hmm. do all my back office administration. So I contract with them. I've been with them for since I left uh, Edward Jones in, in 1995. So what did it take to to get started? You know, 1995 is 2018 now. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things that I like about now is the low barrier to entry for businesses today mm -hmm. to some degree you know if right. you're leveraging technology and you're building a community uh, what would you say to that person who wants to start a business they really don't have any capital any money any savings mm -hmm. you know what should they be doing before they say okay i'm going to start this business do they need to go get a loan or do it, would you recommend now you know kind of bootstrapping it uh, to the best of your ability versus getting in debt to start a business well, I think every business, um, and, and not just every business, but any endeavor that we take on, there's going to be a process right. that we need to follow to, to be successful in it. I think that uh, far too often uh, our, our companies, especially African-American companies, start off undercapitalized. Mm -hmm. And a large part of that is we don't have any money. Right. You know, um, when, I say, when I say that, uh, I'm not saying necessarily to be funny or to... Uh, be negative, but we just we don't have generational money, so we don't have uh, grandparents or mm -hmm. great grandparents or a trust. Not that 
all white people do either. Believe me, most of them don't either. <laughs> but, but we have even less. Right. Uh, and we have, and, you know, although historically we've owned our own companies, it's kind of the generation, we've come through some generations where we haven't owned companies. And, uh, and so we don't know what it takes to really run a business. So I say that to say that uh, part of the process, I think, that we need to really take a look at is uh, making those sacrifices that it takes for us to um, really build strong businesses mm-hmm. and solid businesses from day one. And that does mean that, you know, we may need to really start saving mm-hmm. and investing before we start our companies. Right. Uh, because the worst thing that you could do is get started, you're in business a year, and then you got to go find a job. Mm-hmm. And it takes much longer than a year, as you know, <laughs> as we kind of just talked about, Absolutely. to really get your business up and, and running, and you're paying your bills, and then you have you, know, you have have a little bit of money left aside to take a trip, because mm-hmm. uh, you know running your own business can be stressful. Mm-hmm. And you, you need to decompress. But uh, just what I see far too often is that people won't follow that process. They're imp- they're impatient, and they have they're they're um, they're starting too soon. And you know, some would say, you know, um, you know. Uh, good steps, your steps are ordered by the Lord. Well, I, I would say some people are skipping the steps that the, <laughs> the Lord ordered. <laughs> and they're just like, they're kind of running through it like, no, no, I, got, I have this. And and then they find themselves a year out. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, I couldn't make it. Mm-hmm. And and they want to, you know, a lot of times we want to blame people. But they never really sat down and put a, put together a business plan. Never looked at the, you know, put together a budget. Never really understood what it took to really run a company. Right. It always takes more than what you think. Right. Always right. takes more than what you think. Right. And uh, and so if you're not putting the the time and the resources into planning your business up front, and it, it does take a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. I mean, it may mean that you have to uh, bring your lunch. So my granddad, uh, just, that was a good transition without me thinking about it. My granddad, so my family, I come from a, gener- a, a family of entrepreneurs on both sides of my family, my mother's side and my father's side. But my granddad, who I knew very well, uh, he grew up in Alabama, went to Tuskegee for two years. Now he, he passed away in the, in the nineties and he was 96. Mm. So that lets you know how, right. Exactly. Uh, but he, he moved to Detroit like so many others did and, uh, start working in the, in the uh, automobile industry. He worked at Ford Motor Company. He liked Ford Motor Company. I remember just you know talking to to Daddy Deer, which is what we called him, and he said, "Yeah, you know, I like Ford." He said because that was the first company that paid you f- for your work, an honest day's work, uh, honest day's pay for an honest day's work. Mm-hmm. Didn't matter what you looked like, didn't matter where you came from, could, didn't matter if you could read or write. I need you to put this door on, and for that, you whoever you are, you're going to get X amount of dollars for it. So he enjoyed that part of it. He liked that part. You know, because coming growing up in uh, Alabama, it wasn't always like that. Uh, unfortunately, it's not, always, it's not even like that always now. But that was, a, that was kind of the deal. But he started carrying his lunch to work hmm. back then. And he saved everything he, he could because he and my grandmother, their goal was to open up a pool hall. Okay. And he went to open up his own pool hall. Um, he liked to shoot pools, so he said, hey, one day I want to own my own pool hall. And he wanted to own some other companies and businesses. But he saved, he saved, he saved. My grandmother's a miser, so she so she was really good at helping him save. And uh, lo and behold, he opened up his pool hall. He took leave from work, 
And uh, his, he said his supervisor told him, Frank, you won't be back. Mm. I already know it. I can see it in your eye. Mm. You're going to go try this. You're going to be successful. And you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna win. And, but keep in mind, this was a man that had two years of college. Mm. And he knew he needed to set his plan together. And that's what he did. He had to, part of his strategy, because back then it was difficult for people of color to buy real estate, especially, you know, uh, commercial real estate. Mm -hmm. And uh, the guy that he was buying from was uh, a white guy and he didn't want to sell the the, uh, property to him. And so he had to get another white guy to buy it for him. But he already knew this. So he had the strategy mm-hmm. in place. So he, you know, he, he did the equivalent of what was signing the sales contract at closing that we do now in real estate. He got this guy to put the offer in and the guy sold it to him. And, and then my grandfather showed up for closing. He closed the deal and was back at, his, at the pool hall. And um, the guy brought his daughter in and the guy that they, he bought the building from brought his daughter in and was talking. And he said, hey, you know, I'd appreciate it if you would not have your daughter running around with all these men here. Because it's not, a good, good, not good, a good environment for them to, for her to be in. Mm-hmm. And these guys are, you know, he's grown men. And you got a little girl. It's not a good environment. Um, oh, well, no, I'm I, I just going to bring. No, I prefer that you not do that. And, uh, and the guy says, well, well, let me talk to uh, the guy I sold it to and maybe he have a different take. He said, well, the guy you sold it to is me. <laughs> <laughs> and I say, take her out of here. Wow. You keep her up front. He said, you're, you're welcome to play. Mm-hmm. She didn't stay up front. Hmm. That's yeah. good. That's yeah. a good story. You know, and you mentioned strategy in that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we, we launch without a plan. Yes. We launch without a strategy. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we have the vision. We have uh, the tenacity, right? But we don't have the plan. We don't have. The plan. Why is the business plan? You know, and it doesn't have to be you know a twenty page. No. But why right. is the business plan important for the beginning entrepreneur? I think it's. I, I mean, I equate it to an airline pilot. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got a vision. He knows what California looks like. <laughs> but how's he going to get there? What's right. the route he's going to take? I mean, what, what's all the pre-check stuff that he needs to do? He's got to check engines and all these different things. And then he's got a certain flight path that he needs to, mm-hmm. he or she needs to take to get there. Uh, and so as an entrepreneur, we're putting our lives on the line. Mm-hmm. I mean, our lives, our livelihoods. And without a, a good plan, and, it's, and the, plan, the, the plan isn't even so much for, for us and um, what it takes to start the, the business. But it does make us think through all the intricacies right. of, of our businesses. We may not look at it every day, but we know what's in it because we, we wrote it. So it's not even good to necessarily have somebody else to pay somebody to write your business plan. You know, that's okay. Why are, do they know more about your business than right. you? Than you? Right. But so now you're going to go through. And if you, I mean, again, these are things, you know, you're going to go through, you're going to put your budget together. Mm-hmm. You know what you can afford for rent. You know what you can afford for utilities. You know what you can afford for staff. You, can, you know what you, what you can afford for, for supplies. So all those things. You know what you know what it's going to cost. Uh, so you know what it costs, but then you, now you know how much revenue you need to bring in. Mm-hmm. So before, it's because you got a big contract. Doesn't always mean you're going to make a whole lot of money because you have all these things that you have to pay for. And if you don't know these numbers, then you don't know what you really need to charge. Right. And you, how often do you hear that people are saying, man, I'm getting all this business, but I'm not making any money. Mm-hmm. 
Well, you're not, means, means you're not charging. You're not either a you're not charging enough, or b you're paying too much out. Right. In in your um in your expenses, so mm-hmm. something's got changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second thing it another thing it requires you to do is put together your marketing plan. Mm-hmm. So people, for some reason, feel like they don't have to do any marketing. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got the greatest. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's gonna want it just because it's me. Right. And I have the big family and mm-hmm. friends and everything, mm-hmm. so they're gonna be all over it. And man, everybody's gonna tell. Well, I hate to tell you, but a lot of times your friends and your family, not intentionally. But they're some of the last ones that will do business with you. Mm-hmm. And it's not that they don't want to. A lot of times they may not need to. Need to. And you haven't talked to them to find out what they need. Do they need your widget? Mm-hmm. Or are you just going to force them to buy it? Mm-hmm. Are they interested in the book that you're going to write? Or are you just going to force them to buy it because they're your friends? If, you do, if you're forcing them to buy it, they're not, they're not going to tell their, other, their friends about it because they're not even going to use it. Um, so we have to understand what our marketing and uh, advertising solutions and what that strategy is going to look like. A lot of times, again, people shortchange themselves on what they're going to spend in that area. Mm-hmm. But that's really how people find out that your mousetrap is better. Mm. You know, you have a four year old. He's been rec- he's recognized to golden arches at McDonald's since he was two. Mm-hmm. They do a heck of a job of marketing the kids. And I mean, he, he may not be able to say some restaurants, but he can say McDonald's. <laughs> Mickey D's. He can say it. He can say it. Uh, so it's just important. I think, again, uh, it's, it's like with anything we do. If you don't think through it ahead of time and you're not willing to sacrifice and learn about it and get educated about it and then start putting stuff on paper and writing it down and understanding the details, mm-hmm. you're setting yourself up for failure. Wow. Uh, not that all businesses will fail, mm-hmm. but the majority, the majority of businesses are going to fail anyway. And the ones without a plan, that, their plan is really to fail. So kind of give us in this first half before we move into the second half, what would be maybe the top five priority things the emerging entrepreneur, new small business owner mm-hmm. needs to before the doors open? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. So five. Mm-hmm. I think or maybe it's three or yeah, it's 10, yeah. 15. Okay. I'll, I'll say that the first one is to make sure that your concept, mm-hmm. whether it's a widget, a service, or what have you, is something that's really needed. Okay. What's the market that's for it? That's good. And I don't mean what is your general, what do your friends think about it? I mean, broadly, is, it, is, is that something that's needed? Mm-hmm. Um, because of it. Because just because you think it is doesn't mean that it is. Right. And just because your friends think that it is doesn't mean that it is. I've gotten, I, I, I've gone through people's business plans and just things that they, I'm like, yeah, it's not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm brutally honest. Right. So this isn't going to work. Good. Right. Be honest, yeah, I'm not, I mean, because I, I already know you don't want to be in business and you're going broke right. spending right. your savings. But, uh, but so you do have to do some research to find out is this um, needed? And if it is, Am I offering it the same the, the way that people need it? Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the service behind it? And so that, that's that's step one. Okay. Two is kind of a self check. Am I going to be committed? Is this something I'm passionate about? Something I'm committed to making sure uh, that I'm going to see it all the way through. Mm-hmm. Again, it's a sacrifice. There's going to be some parties you can't go to. There's going to be some trips you can't go on. I just uh, earlier today, I had a, a, one of my business partners in, and he, he was talking about how he normally takes his daughter on. Uh, she, he's a chaperone on, most of her, on a lot of her trips. 
Well, there was one that came up. Uh, he couldn't go because he had he needed to be somewhere else. You just have to recognize that you have to make those sacrifices and you have to be somewhere else. If you if you're not going to be committed to that, then it's not time for you to start your business. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the next thing is really understanding um, how much it's going to take to run that business. And here's the thing that I've, I've found is that uh, you could, once you find out how much it's going to take to run a business, you got to figure out how, how you're going to pay for it. Now, some people, if you've, if you've been stacking money up and putting money away and saving, you may have all you need financially to be in business for two years um, to give yourself a good shot at, at winning. But if, let's say you don't. You don't have that, those resources. And you're going to go out and you might get a lot of credit on your house if you have one. Um, but you know, a lot of people will come to me and say, hey, I want you to invest in my business. Mm-hmm. Okay, how much do you have in it? Right. Mm. Well, I don't really have any money. Uh, for me, that's a red flag. If you don't have the money to invest in your business, then I'm certainly not going to put mine in because I've been there before. Mm-hmm. I've seen that movie and the, and the end is not really a good ending. Right. Uh, and so I'm looking for people that have are, are, are investing in, their, in themselves. But then the next thing is, how much of your company are you willing to sell? Mm. So don't come to me asking for my money and you want me to fund most of it and get 1% ownership in it. That's not going to work. You know, I look at the, what's the equity, what's the total equity needed. I'm going to give you a little bit of value for your sweat equity, but I'm not going to give you a lot of value for it. Because uh, sweat equity... Versus my cash equity, I'm going to miss my cash. Mm-hmm. You're going to move on to your next thing. And so I'm going, to, I'm going to want more equity if I'm the only one coming with cash. But again, I'm not doing any deals where I'm the only one bringing cash to the table. And if you're not putting cash in and you don't have any skin in the, in the deal, I'm not doing it. Right. And, that's, and that's what you're seeing now with a lot of um, more sophisticated investors. And part of it is that we've paid that tuition that I talked about earlier. We've, had, we've, we've, we've lost some money here and there, or uh, we've signed on a loan and our business partner kind of skipped out. Oh, 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 you know, it just didn't work out. <laughs> yeah, you know, but I do. You know, you only did, you're only in here a month. Right. You ain't given a chance. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm just, I'm, just, I found something else. The Lord has led me to something else. Mm-hmm. Mm, well, we need to talk, mm-hmm. you know. So, but, but, but in, in, in all sincerity, we have to really think about how much of our business we want to sell. Uh, and then we have to be realistic in our valuation of our company. Mm-hmm. It does mean a lot to you. I get it. Uh, but the fact that it means a lot to you doesn't mean it's worth a lot. And not when you start bringing money into the table. So I would say that those are kind of the, the top three. The, the fourth thing that I would say is make sure you're surrounding yourself with the right people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you have to pay people. Yes. You yes, know. <laughs> yes. Can't get everything for free. It, no, it's not you all. get everything for free. It's not all on the hookup. <laughs> uh, some of your relationships will maybe yield you better discounts, but you should expect to pay, pay people unless you expect to offer your service for free. Are you going to do yours for free? Absolutely not. Okay. So it's not a business. It's not a business, right? It's volunteer work. It's it's kind of a, you know, from my heart, I just want to make this available to everybody. Right. That's not a business. That's not how you run it. And so if you're not going to give your business away and do business for people for free, don't expect others to to do the same and pay them. Mm -hmm. You know, and if you can't pay them right then, be honest, be straight up. Hey, I'm running a little short. Give me about 90 days. I'm going to pay you. 
you know, and make sure that they're, they get paid before you get paid. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because again, they're doing business with you trusting that you're going to do the right thing. And if you're not going to do the right thing, then you could leave them short. And they, but they're invested in your business. I have one uh, company that I work with on my development side. Um, and, you know, they're, and I've, I've paid them quite a bit of money to, for a couple of for some projects. But uh, I always tell them, I say, you know, you all are my real business partner. <laughs> because you all will have literally expended money knowing that I'm raising money. Mm -hmm. But you trust me enough that you, you in, and you're comfortable and confident in me enough that you'll go ahead and expend, expend those resources. Mm -hmm. But you know I'm going to pay you. Right. And you know I'm gonna pay you if as soon as it comes in, I'm getting it to you. But you all are a, a, a my business partner because you do that, uh, and because we have to keep these projects moving, uh, and you recognize that you're you're doing what we need to keep the projects moving. Right. Uh, but again, I'm straight up with them. Mm -hmm. They they know where I am or what I'm doing, and they know ahead of time, and so they get to make those decisions on their own. Right. Not thinking that I'm sitting on a, you know, a pile of money. And mm -hmm. as soon as they send me an invoice, I'm going to pay it right away. So again, just, you have to be honest with your vendors and tell them, um, you know, I, I have it. I don't have it. I'm going to have it here. I'm going to have it then. And some of them may say, okay, well, that's cool. Call me when you have it. Don't be mad if that's what they say, because they know what their bills are. Their, their staff or anybody they use or contract with, they expect to get paid too. So just be honest with people. Uh, when it comes to that, so I would say those are really kind of the kind of my four pillars, if you will, of um, of being successful, especially in launching a company. Right. But really understanding your um, your business, um, making sure you're going to be committed to it, mm -hmm. uh, making sure you have the right partners, uh, and and I'll say the last thing, and well, not the last thing, but in, when I talk about partners, even your friends, mm -hmm. they can be partners. They can be partners. In that, not so much that they're doing business with you or even working for your company, but the way they influence you. If, Marquise, you know I have a contract that I need to be working on tonight. Don't invite me out. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. <laughs> and don't be mad at me when I right. say I can't come. Right. right. Uh, don't say, well, oh, you can get to that later. So the video cut off right when Lee was ending that last segment. And he was talking about... I'm making sure you have the right people surrounded around you. And so I'm going to let Lee finish that because the video did cut off. And you were saying just to make sure that. Yeah, there are people that are, that are positive, people right. that are um, encouraging you and they're headed the same direction you are, you're headed. You don't you don't want people that are going to be negative. They're going to be detrimental to your business that are going a different direction right. because it just doesn't mix that well. Um, and, and that's just I think that, you know, ultimately, um, we have to just surround ourselves with individuals. And that's part of our team. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's part of our team. Mm -hmm. Think about the athletes and entertainers, even some business people that say, well, I got to keep it real. I got to keep it real. And then, you know, this, there, was, there was for a period, there's a, a quote, you know, when keeping it real goes wrong. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times they kind of outgrew the people that they were hanging out with. They wanted to go back, you know, and I get it. It's kind of like, you know, I don't want to, Feel like I sold out or I left you behind. I get it. And you don't have to leave people behind. But if they're not willing to step up to where you are, then you got to bounce. You got to bounce. So they have to make the change. Yeah. 
They have to be willing. They have to understand you have to get up for practice. You have to get up and open your company up mm -hmm. in the morning. And if they're trying to keep you out or mm -hmm. don't understand that, then that's not going to work for you. Yeah. Good. So just to highlight those tips that he gave you before you open your doors, before you get started, he said, identify the need for your service, for your product that you're offering. Then you got to make sure that you're committed to the business, meaning that there are going to be some late nights, meaning that you may have to have that conversation with your family about some sacrifices that uh, may have to be made. Then how much money do you need to get started or what is it that you actually need to get started up and going? Then he said, you know, if you're looking for investors, looking for people to loan you money, then how much of the company are you willing to sell in order to get those finances? And then he said, be realistic about the valuation of your company if you're going to look for investors. You know, we all love what we're doing. We all love the product or the service that we're providing. But you want to be honest with yourself about the valuation and then surround yourself with the right people. I like a uh, quote that my pastor said, he said, sometimes you can't take your old playmates to your new playground. Ain't that right? <laughs> and so you got to make sure that you're surrounded around the right people. And so this is the first half of our interview, and we'll be right back in 30 seconds. At the end of the day, we all want to live successful and impactful lives. We all have dreams and aspirations that we truly want to achieve. But sometimes it's hard to get it done and to achieve those dreams and visions by ourselves. Sometimes you need to hire a coach or have a mentor. That's why I created the Inspire and Elevate Strategy Session. These strategy sessions allow you an opportunity to pull on my own personal expertise of being an individual who went from a nine to five and started his own successful speaking and coaching business. If you have a desire to move to your next level, if you have a desire to take some steps toward creating the lifestyle that you've always wanted, book your strategy session today. Go to markeithbraden.com, click on the work with me tab and listen to the video and look at the testimonials of the individuals that I've helped along the way. Your time is now. Your time is right now. Let's move you to your next level. Let's achieve the dreams and goals that you have by you booking your Inspire and Elevate strategy session. I know this is your opportunity. Now let's just move on it. Welcome back. We are here with Lee Millette of Millette Investment Services. I got yes. it right this time. <laughs> and Lee just gave us some advice on, you know, th some things that we need to think about before we get started in business, before we open up the doors. And there's some great advice. And those of you who will be taking notes, you can go back to that part of the, of the video of the interview and uh, write those things down as you are thinking about starting your business. I want to shift this half of the interview to wealth building mm -hmm. and talk about how important it is to have a side hustle or a small business. You know, I believe in multiple streams of income. Yes, indeed. I, I share all the time. I got to that point because of the book of Genesis, okay. you know, mm -hmm. and the Garden of Eden had four rivers mm -hmm. that fed the garden. Right. And so it is my motto that you need at least four streams. You know, mm -hmm. I've heard seven, I've heard eight. Right. But I take my 
direction just from that chapter in Genesis mm -hmm. that talked about the four rivers that flowed into the Garden of Eden. And so let's talk a little bit about wealth building and how important it is to have those multiple streams. Yeah, so, the, you know, wealth building, and it's, 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 it's interesting to me being in wealth management uh, in, in the businesses that I'm in. Uh, I, I'm in primarily two businesses, so mm -hmm. financial services, uh, where I work with others and then the real estate side. Mm -hmm. um, and both of those are the areas that really create more wealth than any other um, uh, forms of investment that are out there. Uh, even if you own a farm, you own real estate. Right. Right. <laughs> so, uh, and I, I, I have conversations with people that come and, hey, I want you to help me put together a wealth plan. I want to talk about this. I want to talk about that. And it's all good because it sounds good. Building wealth, generational wealth. I want to leave something to my great grandkids and all those things. Sounds good, uh, and and it, and it is good, and it is very important. And uh, one of the things that I'll, I tell tell everybody is that um, one when you look at how you're building wealth, you really want to look at the value that the way you're generating it does the value increase. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, can you sell it? Mm. Because you, you like we hear about people when they're exits. Mm -hmm. When they exit, I exited my company at and I got fifty million dollars. Right. Because they built the value of something and they sold it. Mm -hmm. YouTube did it. I mean, you just you can go through all these different uh, entities that they sold what they built. They may not may never have made any money, but they built the value up, okay. and so it became valuable to someone, and they were able to sell it. And so I say that to say that anything that you're doing, it has to have some value to it. You have to be building value. It has to be something that you can sell. In my financial services in, in this world, I can sell my book, my book of business. Mm -hmm. It's got a value on it mm -hmm. based on assets under management, based on the revenue stream. There's, a fa there's some factors that go into it. I get some multiple of that and I can sell it to somebody. On the real estate side, I don't care you know, if it's a lot that I bought in West Nashville for three four thousand dollars 15 years ago that may be worth a couple hundred thousand now um or you know a, the first duplex that i bought when i the first priest property i bought in nashville which is uh, in kind of the bordeaux area i bought from um it was a foreclosure by nation's credit mm -hmm. so that was before nation's credit became bank of america okay i bought it for like twenty six twenty seven thousand dollars had two tenants in there and so I've never had to pay a note out of pocket for that one. And it's worth, you know, quite a bit more than what I um, pay for. it. And in contrast that to one of my good friends that bought a brand new car, it cost the same thing mm -hmm. <laughs> at the same time. And we don't know where that car is, but my asset, these assets have grown. Appreciate They've appreciated. Yeah. And I can sell that mm -hmm. if I ever need to. You know, so the different ways, and I won't get into that strategically, but different ways I can monetize mm -hmm. those, those things. Uh, so when you think in terms of uh, bringing in, having different streams of income, you know, you're gonna, we're going to have our quote-unquote day, day job. What's the, you know, what's paying the bills, putting the bacon in the skillet and, you know, making sure the kids have shoes on their feet. So we have that. And we have to take care of that. Right. Um, and, and a lot of times people think, oh, well, you know, I can kind of get by and I can go do this thing on the side. Well, no. You have to look at 
your job at XYZ Corporation as your business. Mm -hmm. They've hired you. They've, they're contracting with you to provide a service. Right. That's, if you're not providing that service, they can cancel the contract. Mm -hmm. So you provide. So look at it as you're working for yourself. Don't look at it as you're working for the man or, or, or what have you. Because your clients, and you know this, your clients are going to tell you what they expect from you. That's right. They, they're your boss. They tell you what they have. And guess what? If you don't deliver, they cancel the contract. Mm -hmm. And so whatever, you know, so when you're, when you're working for a company and that's your day job, take really good care of that day job. Mm. Take really good. Make sure that your boss and everybody there really appreciates you, appreciates you and that they know that you appreciate being there and the opportunities that you have. So that's your that's that's your main that's your main river. You don't right. cut off the main river. <laughs> uh, everybody needs that main river. Everybody right? needs that main river. But then you you know we do look at um, other streams, and for me it was, it's been real estate, rental income, and, and those types of things, uh, and, and consulting. And for you, you know, it could be something different. I mean, you you've figured out a way to take your uh, your business and bring in multiple streams right. of income, whether you're coaching, whether you, it's your blog, mm -hmm. or your training, what, whatever it is, you figure out how, how to do it, <clears throat> excuse me, how to, yeah, to do it and turn in other income. And so for, you know, so I think it's really important because if your main job, for some reason, your main gig shuts down, mm -hmm. then it's good to have some other streams of income. That's right. But here's the kind of the conundrum people find themselves in. Uh, they all, you know, a lot of people always say, I don't want to keep this XYZ Corp job for the rest of my life. But they have not made, kind of goes back to what we talked about earlier, they have not made plans or a strategy, strategy. to exit. Because there's, a, there's value in that job, and you have, but you haven't figured out how to exit it to get to. So you know, basically you're saying there, you don't just quit. No. Because, you, know, <laughs> you know, I remember... Um, a former job I had and one of my good friends, I was just fed up. I was just ready to go. Mm -hmm. But he kept telling me, he said, don't leave until you have at least a 90-day exit strategy. Right. And, and that 90-day exit strategy included at least having 90 days. Before you leave. Before you leave. Right. But also 90 days worth of hopefully expenses. Yes. So that you're not trying to figure out how you're going to pay your bills. Exactly. You know, and unfortunately, they got me before I left. You got them. <laughs> but, you know, the great thing about it was was that I had started working on that strategy, mm -hmm. on that plan. Right. And, you know, even though I got laid off, I never really missed a beat. Right. I never missed a mortgage. Mm -hmm. You know, I was even during that process was able to pay off my car mm -hmm. because I had started working on the plan, no plan. started working right. on the strategy, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and then, of course, you know, faith and all of that. Yes. Believing in myself and knowing that I can create income. But you don't mm -hmm. just quit a job. No. You don't just quit. You don't just wake up and quit. Right. And it's much easier to find a new job when you're already working. Yeah. It's all. It's, and, and people appreciate when you say, if you have an interview, hey, you know what? I have to be at work. So I can meet before work. I can meet after work. I can meet at lunchtime. Right. We can figure this out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but let's not forget XYZ is paying me right now or I can take a vacation day. I mean, you have different ways to do it, but take care of it. Don't quit until you have something else set up. And so what people do is, uh, unfortunately, they may even create, start creating some of these other streams of income, but they don't put that, those streams of income away. They don't allow that to work for them. Mm -hmm. It becomes part of their 
day to day. It's the one. It's 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 how they they they'll take a you know they'll start fly, flying first class or they'll start spending. They figure out a way to spend that money right. at the end of the day, and so they never really get to the point where they uh, are able to either a maximize those other streams mm-hmm. if that's what they want to do, uh, or really you know build them into something that's valuable. Uh, and so again, it's it sounds good to say that I want to do this, but if you don't have a strategy in place, then you never see the fruit or the real benefits of it. Uh, you know, a lot of because typically, typically speaking, your day job should probably pay for all your living expenses, mm-hmm. and your other streams should take care of this wealth building right. that you want to do. Right. So you can, I mean, whether you take that wealth and invest it in the stock market, or you invest it in a, a, a business mm-hmm. of, of some sort. Or you buy real estate with it. That's that's how you generate that. Those generations of gener- generational wealth is you take those those other streams and let them work for you. But if you just kind of put it all in the pie and say, "Ooh, we got a bigger pie," and we're going to still eat it all, all you do is get fat. And that's you know that was the approach that I took when um, I went into ministry in that transition period. Um, one, I kind of knew what I. Wanted. I mm-hmm. knew what, what the conversation needed to look like. Right. Um, but at the same time, I understood that um, I wanted to, whatever I was making in the business, I could reinvest mm-hmm. um, and be able to go to conferences, be able yes. to do certain things to help me grow in business. Right. And so what I did was, you know, the ministry right now, what I do um, at the Temple Church here in Nashville provides enough to pay the living. Mm-hmm. So that I can completely take my money in the business and reinvest in myself, and like I said, get training and development right. in certain things. Uh, one of the reasons why I got into the whole streams was that you know speaking wasn't coming as often enough. Right. right now, you and I know you. You know you're a great speaker, <laughs> right? And you just so knew everybody's going to okay, be hiring. You. <laughs> fill in the gaps, and so that's where coaching came in. Okay, mm-hmm. well. I'm speaking. People are calling me about, well, how you get paid to speak? How do you start a podcast? Mm-hmm. How you, you know, the need. Right. The need. And so I was like, okay, well, I can do some coaching in between right. speaking engagements. Mm-hmm. And then once I got into the whole technology piece and learning uh, how to build an online-based business, mm-hmm. um, I recently started a, a Amazon okay. store. You know, oh, wow. and So cool. I know how to go buy uh, products mm-hmm. on sale and resell right. them. On Amazon and make go. a profit, right? There you go. Right. So there's just all types of things that you right. can do mm-hmm. to be able to create those streams. Right. And then just think in terms of the equipment that you've bought for right. your business mm-hmm. and how it allows you to be portable. It allows you to, That's right. you know, any location loca- independent. Independent, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. Time freedom and location independent. Yes. I'm going to read this quote real quick. Um, I'm reading The Wealth Choice by Dr. Dennis Kimbrough. And he says, uh, one of the questions, one of the interviews he did was with John Johnson, the late John Johnson okay. of Ebony Magazine. Mm-hmm. And he said, John Johnson asked him, he said, why aren't you wealthy? That was the question. And Dennis said he didn't really know how to answer that question. And he said, John Johnson said, he said that millionaires among us are men and women of laser-like focus and concentration. Yes. Wealth creators who have hammered away at one place long enough to accomplish their purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, why is it important to focus in this culture of multitasking, in this culture of be everywhere? Mm-hmm. Why is it important 
when it comes to building wealth to focus on a thing until it's I think I think um, that if you if you're not focused on it, you never really get good at it. Right. You don't get excellent at it, mm-hmm. and um, your business is at its best value when you're excellent. Mm-hmm. That's when you people notice you. Right. Uh, people want to do business with you. Mm-hmm. People want to buy your business mm-hmm. when you're excellent, and, uh, and until you get there, then it, it, it's it's um, it's difficult for people to really see you in that light, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but to your point, a lot of people have, I mean, we all have all these things in our head. And again, I had to, I had to really pray and meditate, uh, one day well, or over some time, not just a day, but over some time and say, you know what, the uh, types of businesses that I've invested in that have been successful have been this type. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's good. So I need to focus on that. Right. I know that. Right. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know tech. I don't know the restaurant business. I don't know the bar business. You know, just so many different, a lot of things I don't really know. Uh, and and so, you know, with those, you know, of course, you you can, a lot of times people say, you know, I bet on the, um, the jockey, not the horse. So with those, if, I, if I'm investing in your business, I don't really want to see you doing 10 different, 10 yeah. different things. That's good. <laughs> I want to see you focused on that one thing. That one thing. Yeah. Uh, but I, again, I just think that that's how you get excellent. And, and people demand excellence mm-hmm. when they're spending their money. Mm. And so I think that has a lot to do with it. Uh, he, John H. Johnson, I mean, they did publishing. Mm-hmm. So that's all they did. That's all they did. They did it well. <laughs> that's good that's good you talked about your father in the last segment and there was an, another quote that i was reminded of when you talked about your father and it said wealth is less a matter of circumstance than it is a matter of knowledge and choice it's, that's very true i mean we all have met and know people that start off with less than nothing mm-hmm. and through uh the choices that they've made, the the eth- work ethic they've had, they've been able to turn that into you know to some phenomenal uh, have have some phenomenal outcomes. And, uh, and you know, my grandfather when he started, he didn't, you know he didn't come from a poor family or anything like that, but he didn't come from a family that could seed his vision. Mm. They couldn't seed his right. uh, pool hall. He had to seed that himself, um, but he was willing to put the work into it to get there and make the sacrifices to, to get there. Mm-hmm. I think Marquis, at the end of the day, the people that aren't really successful in business or building wealth or whatever it is that they want to do in 9.9 times out of 10, they're not willing to make the sacrifices to get there. That's That's funny you say that because I was just reading uh, another quote by uh, another interview he did and it was with, she started the that major HR out in California. What was that lady's name? It's it's here. I'm looking for it real quick. Janice Bryant Howard, mm-hmm. and she said, "If in the end, if you take care of business, your business will take, care, take of care of you." Mm-hmm. And that's a fact. That's a fact. The you know for for my company to be uh, twenty. Three, th- 23 years old, I guess we are now. Um, it's been through 
you know, a lot of work and putting the time in and being in the office late and all those things uh, and taking care of my clients because my clients are the ones that send me new business right. or, or my reputation is what brings me new business. Our industry is so heavily regulated. You don't see a lot of mm-hmm. uh, wealth advisors doing a lot of advertising. Mm-hmm. They sponsor some stuff here and there, but we don't really do a lot of advertising because our, just the industry regulations are, 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 are so high. Um, but if you have a good reputation, then people are going to want to do business with you. And they're going to check your re- reputation. They're going to call around. And then with t- technology now, they can Google and, mm-hmm. and do all kinds of things. I had a guy at the gym that I work out at. And, uh, you know, we talked time to time and in the locker room or whatever. He stopped me one day. He said, don't you manage money? I said, yeah. He said, yep. He said, I've been talking to this, this other company. I have, this, have some money I need to move. At this company for a long time, so it's, you know it's a, it's a substantial amount, and I need to move it. Not just want I want to do it with you. He said mm-hmm. you have a great reputation. This is what you do. You've been doing it a long time. You're an expert at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, not on the front page, run off people's money right, right, <laughs> or right. anything like that. And I mean, and literally, you know, I didn't have to make a pitch. Mm-hmm. And I thought I did, but he came and said, "No, no, no, no. We're good. I'm doing this with you. I just need you to advise me on what I need to be doing." Uh, but that's that's reputation. That's good, you know, and th- and that is you know where my my business is moving towards, especially with small business owners and entrepreneurs. Because mm-hmm. what you're talking about is the whole idea of personal brand. Mm-hmm. You're talking about people doing business with people, and he he had the ability or the opportunity to receive referral um, or information. About you from other people. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure he's seen things that you've done in the community. Um, and that speaks to who you are. He was able to know that you were in financial services because of your brand. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. And how you didn't have to pitch. You didn't have to send him any marketing materials. Your name was what came first to mind for him. Mm-hmm. You know, and I want to help other small business owners. How do you become first of mind or top of mind? Top of mind. Right. You mm-hmm. know, you got to develop that personal brand through serving your customers, your clients in an excellent way. Mm-hmm. So that when somebody needs what you have, they think of you first. Right. And so in this segment, we were talking about wealth. And so, Lee, I just want you to end our interview with... Um, Encouraging words for the new entrepreneur, for the small business owner who's saying, hey, it's rough. I really want to give up, go back to doing what I was doing, you know, <laughs> or do I just, you know, do I stay the course, <laughs> yeah. you know, reevaluate and, 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 and keep going? Yeah. What I would say to you, uh, new entrepreneur, welcome to our world. <laughs> it's a um, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. It's truly a journey. It's a journey of ups and downs. Uh, this journey has to survive any of your personal stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, your personal ups, your personal downs, your kind of mid-level personal stuff, whatever um, you have. you have to, you, This journey has to survive that. And it can't survive it if you're not going to really be committed to it. Right. And so we've talked about commitment. We've talked about sacrifices. Um, the money that it takes to run a business, that's, it's going to be important. But if you're not committed and you're not really to make, willing to make the sacrifices, you're going to burn through any money that you have, mm-hmm. uh, your investor money, your own money or what have you. Uh, I, 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 from time to time, I advise people come to me and ask me, 
Should I go into business? Should I go into business? I'll, from a conversation, I can typically tell whether they should or shouldn't. Should, should. And if they shouldn't, I'll tell them that and I'll tell them why. And I said, now you can write this ship, but right now, you need to keep, keep, keep on doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, 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 and so much of that from an entrepreneurial standpoint is true. It's, it's transferable to the wealth building side. Again, if you're, not, if you're not willing to take 10% of your paycheck, every paycheck, and put in your 401k, you're not willing to take another 10% of what you take home, um, and, and, and by, by the time I get through with this, you're going to be working with 70% of your income. Because the top, on the top side, you tithe off your gross. Mm-hmm. Um, then you have, you know, obviously you have taxes and all that stuff, but then you have to put money into your 401k plan. And then you need to take money and, and put it into your own investment portfolio. That's right. how you build your investment build portfolio. Your investment. But you got to take the money out to do it. And so that's sacrifice. That means you got to cut out some things. That may be some movies you don't go to, some dinners you don't do, uh, maybe some, you know, some clothes you don't get to buy your kids. May not may mean that you don't send them to private school. or I mean, just so many different things. You might have to clip coupons. But I tell you that there is a way. And I say that. I have a client. I'm, I'll finish with this. I have a client. She's never made more than $40,000 a year. Hmm. Single mother, two boys. I met her at, um, uh, at uh, my son's football, uh, the football team he played for. Uh, and she asked me one day, she said, what do you do? And I, and I told her, she said, oh, okay, one day I'm going to have somebody like you. I said, what, what's holding you back? Right. She said, well, I don't make enough money. I said, well, how much money do you need to have? How much, what does it cost to work with somebody like me? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know, but I know it takes a lot. <laughs> and I said, well, what is it you want to do? She said, I want to be able to pro- pay, help, pay, help my kids, my boys pay for college. Mm-hmm. I want to buy a house and I want to get out of debt. And at some point, I want to buy a new car. I said, okay, let's set up a time to meet. So we met. Went through how much she made, what her bills were, and everything. $40,000 a year, raising two boys with no um, child support. Mm-hmm. And she and one thing she hadn't done is she hadn't bought a new car because that car was it was just it was rolling. <laughs> but she uh, we we put together we put together a plan. She had about seventeen thousand dollars in debt. She had her car. She made about forty, no less than forty thousand dollars a year. So she and she had rent. She wasn't in Section Eight or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So she was living. Put together a plan. She followed the plan. She put up what she needed to put up for herself. She put up because she wanted to buy a house. Well, you got to have money to put down, put down the house. She put the money up for her kids. Her boys go to school. And, and then eventually she bought a car. So she bought a, bought a house. She bought a new car. And then when her oldest son got ready for college, she called me. I, I remember this like it was yesterday. She called me. Hey, um, I need to take some money out for my son's college. I said, okay. Well, how much you need? And she told me. I said, okay. And she started crying a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, what's wrong? She said, well, this is what they told me I need after financial aid. And I said, well, what are you crying about? She said, I have it. I have the money. I, I have saved this money. She saved up almost $30,000 wow. for each one of her sons wow. over that course, course of that period of time. $40,000. $40,000 a year. Hmm. So plan and discipline. Plan and discipline. And she worked it. And by and large, my clients that do that, they're going to get where they're trying to go. Wow. But they take the time put together the plan and they make the sacrifices and they're committed to making it happen and if you're willing to do that then you too will build your whether it's your business or your generational wealth that you want to build you'll be able to do it 
Wow. $40,000. She followed the plan. Lee, appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks for I being on the interview. You, you can yeah, reach out and learn more about um, Millette Investment Services at MilletteInvestmentServices.com. MilletteInvestmentServices.com. All right. Y'all have a good one. All right. Thank you all. <laughs>